Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Val III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of The Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know one of the things when we come into the house of the Lord, many times we come into the house of the Lord seeking a word from God. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I just want to reiterate this, that the Bible declares that he's looking for true worshipers, those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. So many times we come seeking to be entertained. We come seeking to be filled with something and God is seeking your worship. Tell your neighbor he's seeking your worship. So with that being said, I want us to make sure that God receives what he needs on today. So just with the lifting of your hands and the fruit of your lips, come on, begin to bless his name. Come on. He's looking, he's seeking for the true worshipers. I know we came trying to get a word. We wanted to hear some worship this morning, but God wants to hear your worship on this morning. So come on, lift up something to him. Father, we bless your name. We honor you in this place. We glorify you in this place. We glorify to make us eligible to receive. God, you need to receive our worship. So God, we worship you in this place. We exalt you in this place. God, we lift you on high in this place. God, we've declared hallelujah unto you in this place. You are God and God alone. There is none like you. Come on. Everybody in this house, begin to put something on your lips. Begin to bless his name. God, you are worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. God, you are great and greatly to be praised. God, there's none like you, God. We searched all over and couldn't find none like you. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Listen, I don't know about anybody else, but sometimes it's good to have old school church where you ain't got no no keyboard. It's because God is looking for our worship. I pray the Lord has received our worship on this morning. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, Dana, for leading despite the lack of interest instruments God has given us. The Bible says that everything that have breath, praise the Lord. We don't need instruments. We just need breath to give him praise. So God, we honor you all today. Now do me another favor. Look at a man in the house and tell him happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go quickly into the word of the Lord. It's so good to see everybody this morning. I do want you to do me a favor. It's no, no, nothing wrong. Well, I won't say nothing wrong, but let's keep our keyboardists in prayer. Let's just keep him in prayer. If you think of his name, Julian, just lift him up in prayer. We want God to keep and cover him. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. I'm going to be in this same of, I've been on this theme called Lord Sanctify Us. I'm going to stay in this theme, but I'm, I want to direct my thoughts and my attention to the men this morning. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 21, reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified. Somebody say, God. and useful. Somebody say, useful for the master and prepared. Somebody say prepare for every good work. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself 
From the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject this morning. Someone say prepared men. Yeah, I need the men this morning to be prepared. And despite that is, that is Father's Day, this is a message, somebody say, for all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, my personal assessment is that men pride themselves on being prepared. I, I, I just believe that, that, that we pride ourselves as men on being prepared. Somebody say prepared. In, in other words, men don't like to be caught off guard. I don't know by no other man, but don't catch me off guard. I, I want to be prepared. I don't want to attempt to wing it. I ain't trying to wing it. Some say, I want to be prepared. So we aim to be prepared in everything that we've been tasked to do. I'm telling y'all, this ain't just for me. And somebody say, it's for me too. In other words, somebody might be saying, why? Why do men want to be prepared? So ladies, I'm going to tell you why men like to be prepared. We want to be able to give maximum effort. We want, somebody say effort. We want to be fully equipped. Somebody say equipped. And if we can be quite honest, the reason why I want to be prepared, because I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't know about, but nobody else. I, I want to give my, I want to give maximum effort. I want to be fully equipped. But somebody say, don't, don't, don't make me look like no fool. Oh, I'm not, I, I, I want to be a, I want to be prepared. So the reality is, is those that are not prepared are those who should be pre prepared to be embarrassed. Did y'all catch what I just said? Those that are not prepared are those who should prepare to be embarrassed. And I believe we can all attest to that. We took, we done took that test that we were not prepared for. We went on that date that we were not prepared for. How many of us has missed anniversaries that we were not prepared for? Someone said, I don't want to be embarrassed. Yeah, I don't want to be embarrassed. So consider how Jesus speaks of the builder who was not prepared in Luke 14, 28 through 30. Notice this. He says, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. All about any man, but I don't like being embarrassed. Oh, I, I don't like feeling like, like I look like a fool. So, Someone say, I don't want to be no fool. Jesus was warning us those that are ill-equipped are those who fail, those who become frustrated, and those who ultimately look like fools. And I believe many of us can attest to this, what it feels like when we fail to be ill-prepared. So we want to be prepared. Here's a word of wisdom. Men who feel ill-equipped will many times try to escape. I need y'all to catch what I just said. Men who feel ill-equipped will many times try to escape. I'm not talking about all men, but somebody said I'm talking about some men. When men don't feel like they can pay the bills, they bail. When men don't feel equipped to be a good husband, they hide. And when men, watch this, don't feel like they can be a good father, they flee. I need y'all to catch this and catch this real good. When men do not feel Many times they escape. Somebody say escape. And listen, I'm a living witness that men will escape. And I'll ask some women might be saying, why? Because instead of being embarrassed, some men think it's better to escape. So, so it's not 
that we don't have a desire to do it. It's not that we don't want to do, do it, but if we feel ill-equipped, many men will escape. And I'm not saying this is right, but I don't want to, I want to provide a level of perspective. And this is why we must encourage fulfillment of their potential is providential. I, I, I need y'all to hear what I just said. The men in, in our innate self will escape. This is why we have daddies who ain't involved in their children's lives. This is why we got husbands that when they don't feel like they can live up to the expectations, they get ghosts. So, so we've got to encourage our men to let them know that their potential, watch this, somebody say it's providential. And somebody might be saying, what is providential, Pastor Keith? In other words, somebody say it's up to God. You will never be the husband you need to be unless it's up to God. You'll never be the father you need to be unless it's up to God. Somebody say it's up to God. Yeah, I know you want to be a good daddy, but if you ain't got God in your life, you ain't going to never be a good dad. In other words, our ability to be fully equipped is not up to us, but it's up to God. And watch what the God version of Philippians 1.6 says. I am convinced and confident of, of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will continue it, perfect and complete it until the day of Jesus Christ at the time of his return. In other words, watch this, and here's the other good news. In God, all things are possible. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? In God, all things are possible. Somebody say, I need to get God. And a lot of men don't have God, and you wonder why you can't, you do not feel equipped. So watch this, despite the desire of men to be prepared in the natural, I believe many men fail to be prepared in the spirit. I, I, and I'm going to say something, I'm going to say something real good. I don't just want men that can be good ushers and serve at the door. Somebody say, that's natural. I, I need men, somebody say, prepared in the spirit. As a matter of fact, if you a wife, if you a daughter, and you got a daddy, you got a, you got a husband, somebody say, I need them prepared in the spirit. They might have it all together. They may have a bank account, but they're bankrupt in their spirit. You wonder why they ain't treating you right. They need the spirit. We don't give the, and watch this, Many men give too much attention to the natural and we don't give that level of detail and attention to the spirit. Yeah, 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 you know how to grill real good. You know how to get under them cars real good. You know how to wine and dine the women real good. We give too much attention to the natural and we neglect so much that spirits. If you don't want to be embarrassed, watch this, in the natural, you need to get prepared in the spirit. Y'all don't like that. And in, in, in reality, if I'm not prepared in the spirit, just as much as you will be embarrassed in the spirit, you're going to be embarrassed in the natural as well. And I would venture to say that if you fail to prepare yourself spiritually, you will ultimately fail in the natural. And this is why the New American Standard Version of 1 Timothy 4 and 8 admonishes us with these words. For bodily discipline is only, watch this, of little profit. Somebody say little. But godliness is profitable for all things. That means everything that my hands touch, God says, all I need you to do is pursue godliness. Everything that I want to prosper in life, all I got to do is pursue godliness. I can tell y'all for myself, I'm prospering in some areas in my life professionally, but the only reason I'm doing that is because I pursued godliness. God ordered my steps and I saw him move on, on, on my behalf and it was it was not my degree. Somebody say it was because of the spirit. 
It was not my connections. It was, it was because of the spirit. And if men could start catching that, we'll prosper more in the natural. In other words, our spiritual pre preparation, watch this, determines, here's the good news, will determine if we fail, if we will prosper now and in the life to come. Since it holds this promise, watch this, the latter portion of the text says, for the present life and also for the life to come. That's good news, y'all. But the critical question we got to ask ourselves is what will being prepared, a prepared man, require us? And I know we got women in the house. You can be a prepared woman too. What it will take to ensure that we're prepared men. On this Father's Day, I want y'all to get y'all a little dinner. I want y'all to get y'all a little presents, but I want y'all to be prepared. All the men say, I want to be prepared. Yeah, I want to be prepared. And I believe as Paul admonished Timothy in our foundational text to prepare himself spiritually and like manner, we can glean wisdom from the instructions of Paul so we too can be prepared. So my prayer this morning and on this Father's Day is that we can both commit ourselves and call ourselves prepared men. And I know it's Father's Day, but we're going to be prepared people. So let's examine our text this morning. Notice what the first portion of our text says. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, I want us to stop right there. A man that desires to please their flesh will ensure that their spirit never prospers. If you plan to please your, fl your flesh, your spirit, man, will never prosper. And here's the sad reality with a lot of men. We prepare and make plans to please our flesh. I, I know what I'm talking about. I'm a man. I know exactly what I'm talking about. Men make plans to sin rather than sin finding them. That we, 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 we plan out our sin, just like we got a little schedule. We say, I'm going to see her at this time. I'm going to do this at this time. And it has nothing to do with the spirit, but it has everything to do with pleasing our flesh. Oh, we, we, we plan it. We plan it. And watch this. There's a difference between making plans to sin and sin finding you. There, there are times, watch this, and I'm going to be real transparent this morning because I need us to be prepared men. I can be coming right up out of prayer and sin find me. Did y'all catch what I just said? I'm not, I'm not talking about that because there's going to be some fine women that's going to come my way and I'm going to have to turn the other way. That's sin finding me. I'm talking about men that try to find sin. Somebody said that's dangerous. You, know, you plot and you got her you in the number. It's Pizza Hut. Knowing that, knowing well that her name ain't Pizza Hut. Ah, planning sin. Yeah, 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 plan it in. That's an old school trick, ladies. So y'all got to check them numbers, check them numbers. There are men, watch this, who plan sin, who plot sin, and who pursue sin. And watch what Proverbs 1.16 says. It says, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Somebody say men who prepare sin. Yeah, 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 they're planning sin. This means that there are men who desire sin rather than disdain sin. So if I want to be a prepared man, I'm not saying that you will never fall into sin, but don't run after sin. In other words, I've got to be a man that disdains sin. Tell your neighbor, I got to disdain sin. I got to disdain it. And one definition of this word disdain means to despise or have disinterest. And at some point, we have to despise sin so much so in our lives that we won't settle for its presence. I, 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 and that has to be, I got I to I hold what that I grew up with and I went to high school with 
and we about the same age. I'm telling y'all, I'm, I got a few more months and I'm going to be 40, y'all. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm like, you still act the same way. When we were in high school, at some point, you got to grow up. And we've got men, we've got men that still, that are 52, that still act like they're 22. At some point, I got I got that stuff. I don't want that in the presence of my life. I don't want to bring that into my home. I don't want to bring that in the presence of my children. And if you are so comfortable with sin, someone say, that's a problem. That's a, that, 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 that's a problem. You want somebody to tell you happy Father's Day and you've set an example for your son that is not of God. How are you comfortable, comfortable with sin in your life? This means, watch this. Notice what Paul instructed Timothy to do in our foundational text. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, someone say that old stuff. Oh, that old stuff. One definition of the Greek word for cleanses means to clean out. Sometimes we got to glue in our closets and clean some stuff out. But that stuff I don't wear anymore. This means prepared men make efforts to clean out what's carnal in their lives. So if we desire to be prepared men, we got to ask ourselves, what sin have you cleaned out of our lives? What do we settle for sin or do we sanctify ourselves from sin? I've got to look. That stuff don't even look good on me no more. So why am I trying to pick it up? Why, 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 why am I so comfortable with this stuff being in my presence? Because that stuff don't even look good on me. Someone say, no, it don't even fit me no more. You wear stuff that don't fit you. Tell your neighbor, take that off. Yeah, take that off. And watch this, the answers to these questions are significant because your perspective on sin will be determined if you're a prepared man. Watch what Proverbs 16, 17 says. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil, and he who keeps his way preserves his soul. This means not only does disdain for sin prepare our souls, but it causes our souls to prosper. The, the man whose soul really prospers is the man that looks at his life and say that kind of stuff I can't do no more. And listen, no other man can tell you that. Somebody say, you got to tell your own self. I, I don't care. Your, your, your daddy can't tell you. He can tell you. But if you don't make a decision, somebody say it requires a decision. Yeah, it requires a decision. So, 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 so that, that, that means we've got to continually ask ourselves, what sin have I set aside? What flesh have I fleed from? And what carnality have we cleaned out? Because we can answer these questions with confidence, then we'll have the ability to be a prepared man. Someone say, I want to be prepared. Oh, I say, oh, we're still staying on this thing. We, we still want to be sanctified, but we want to be prepared. We want to be prepared. And if we want to be prepared, I've got to do an inventory on my life. What is not of God that I'm still comfortable with? Somebody say, clean it out. Yeah, I got to clean that out because if not, I'll never watch this. The Bible says that that man preserves his soul. Uh, somebody say, I want to be preserved. So hear this. The first thing I needed us to understand is that men who disdain sin. Now let's look at the next portion of our text. I'm going to let y'all go to y'all fathers. They did them. My, my kids, the guys. That got, got a little event planned for me after church. So I'm going to hurry up too. I ain't going to hurry. But I do want to go to the beach. So they're taking me to the beach, y'all. The, the, the Bible says this. He will be a vessel for honor, sanctifying, 
And one definition of the word sanctified in our foundational text means to be set apart. Somebody say set apart. And it's important to note, I want you to hear me and hear me good. The company you keep can keep you from being a prepared man. Somebody say the company you keep. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We got to assess the company that I keep. Huh? In other words, that's all right, I'm saying, how do I know? Watch what 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says. Do not be misled. Some versions say, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. And we, many of us are hanging with the wrong folk. Somebody say you're hanging with the wrong folk. Yeah. This is why if we desire yeah. to be a prepared man, then we need to be men who are set apart. In other words, we got to ask ourselves, do you keep company with men that don't love God? Do you fellowship with those that don't fear God? And do you conform to those who don't care for the things of God? I've got to assess my company. I love my homeboy, but I don't hang with him anymore. Did y'all catch what I just said? I might minister to him, but I'm not going to hang out with him. I've got to, I've got to, so, so I don't want nobody to get this twisted. I'm not saying to drop folk that, that you don't love, that you grew up with. I'm not saying that, but you got to be careful who you fellowship with. Uh, so, so, so am I set apart? And here's the good news. I think this is good news to me, y'all. I just did a funeral on yesterday. It was a sad tragedy. A 21-year-old girl took her own life. I don't know what's going on, y'all, but we got to be prayerful. And the only reason that I was able to officiate the wedding, I didn't know the family, but a young man knew me from college. Somebody say, knew me when? He knew what I was when I was in college, but he knows me now. So something about my life let him know that I was set apart. They say, can you, can you help this family? Can you provide some level of comfort? I said, I will be honored, Chief. And then he just gave me a text the other day. He said, man, the family can't stop talking about you. They said that you covered them. You, you just helped them so well, grieve that difficult situation. And the only reason he called me, because I was set apart. So, 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 and it's not that I dropped him. I didn't drop him. I just lived my life that made it. He had to know that something is different about key. So the question is, now that you, now that you in the church, now that you say you serve God, can people see something different about you? Because not only will you find yourself not prepared with God, here's the other thing. It's not about being prepared, but if I'm not set apart, God won't be pleased. So, so I'm not trying to, I, I know you want to keep good, good childs with those that you grew up with, but you can keep hanging with them and God will find you not pleased. So how do I know I'm going to give you a Bible? Someone say you're going to give you a Bible. Watch what Psalm chapter one, verse one says. The Bible says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scornful. Someone say that's a blessed man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to be blessed? You got to make sure you don't, you don't listen and heed the counsel of the ungodly. You got to make sure that you're just not in the footsteps of sinners and you ain't sitting down with folk that are scornful. In other words, others that have a disdain for God. Somebody say, I want to be a blessed man. Yeah, if you want to be a blessed man, you better watch the company you keep. God says one of the reasons that God is not pleased with us is determined by who we partner with. This is why Psalm 1 begins with this word, blessed. No, nobody, nobody else. Beyond prospering, beyond being prepared, 
Somebody say, I want God to be pleased. Oh, if, if nobody don't love me, Miss Carol, I just want God to be pleased. If nobody don't want to hang with me, if nobody don't want to do Pastor King, I at least want God to be pleased. We've got to have that kind of mindset because watch this, God can bless you like no man can. Oh, God can bless you like no man can. No man can't bless me like God can. So I want God to be pleased with me. So watch this, as men of God and those that desire to be prepared, then we must pursue relationships with other men. And I'm just going to make this for all of us with other people who desire to learn of God. I got to make relationships with those kind of people. I, I got to make relationships with those who want to live for God. I ain't saying those who got it perfect, but do you at least? And then I got to make relationships with folk that love God. Somebody said, that's who I got to connect. Yeah, I ain't connecting with just about anybody. I, I want to connect with the folk that learn of God, live for God, and love God. Somebody said, I ain't, I ain't telling you to be perfect. I just want you to be in pursuit of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why your husband ain't got to be perfect. Your wife ain't got to be perfect because somebody say they never will be. But I at least need to see you pursuing God. At some point in our marriage, I need to see Serena on her face praying for God and I ain't making her pray, for, pray to God. She's in pursuit. We married the folk that say they love God and don't never pick up their Bible. Somebody say that's a problem. Huh? And I'm not saying we have to be connected with men who are perfect, but we need to be connected with men who are at least pursuing God. Well, I'm telling you right now, I'm so grateful for my brother-in-law and I'm so grateful for Pastor Cole. That they're men, not perfect, but in pursuit of God. I need those kind of men around me. I don't know about nobody else, but those kind of relationships are the ones that lift your spirit when it needs lifting. Oh, this is why 1 Thessalonians 5.15 says this, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. In other words, when I can get folk and connected to folk that are pursuing God, it's a benefit not just to me, it's a benefit to everybody. Y'all get what I'm saying? I want to be connected to those kind of folk that all I got to do is sometimes I might be going through and they ain't got to pray no word over me. I just got to be in their presence and my soul is lifting. It's them kind of folk that they can just put a spine on my face. I got to be connected to those kind of folk. We're connected to some crazy folk, but not folk that are pursuing God. Therefore, as men, we have to question to the pursuit of those that we are connected to. Please hear me and hear me well. Jesus sat with sinners. I'm not saying go through your phone, delete everybody, don't hang with nobody, because we should be the, the, the salt and the light of the earth. I, I get that. So that means my friend that I knew from high school, I should still be able to sit down with him and have a level of influence in his life. But I ain't going to be hanging with him. Then, then somebody say, there's a difference. I know he want to go to the club. I know he want to get a little drink, but somebody say, I can't do that. Yeah, y'all going to stop coming to the church. Y'all going to like, Pastor Keith done lost his mind. So, so I want to have a level of influence in their life, but I got to make sure I'm connected with folk that can benefit my life. And watch this, a good litmus test for the relationships that are in your life that will help you be prepared is, are they pursuing things which are good and the things which are of God? That's how you, that, it's the easy litmus test. 
are you at least pursuing things that are good? And watch this, things that are good, that are good are the things that are of God. Y'all heard what I'm just saying? Because somebody might be saying, Pastor Keith, what is good? All the things that are of God. So here's a word of wisdom. When the company you keep does not pursue God, they are subject to set up a plot against you. Did y'all hear what I just said? And somebody might be saying, how do I know, Pastor Keith? I'm going to give you a Bible. Watch what Psalm 37, 12 says. Ooh, I ain't put it up there, Lord. Help me today. Y'all got to read that there. Psalm 37, 12. Watch what the Bible says. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. In other words, the wicked are those that plot against you despite what you may believe. And if you don't pursue God, hear this, you are wicked. So don't be surprised if the company you keep talks about you, tries you, even sets up a trap against you because that's what the wicked do. Did y'all hear what I just said? So, so I, know they sound, I know they seem good. I know they make you laugh. I know they got a lot of money. I know they got connections. But if they don't pursue God, they're wicked. So, and watch this. Here's, I'm, I'm going to give you Bible. The Bible says that the devil can transform himself into an angel of light. So they can look good in the beginning. And then you just, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm just doing this because they, they know how to do business and they do it real good. But I knew they didn't pursue God. And you wonder why now they talk about you. You wonder why now they try you. And you wonder why now they set up a trap for you because somebody says they're wicked. Anybody that doesn't pursue God, I know it may seem harsh, but the Bible calls them wicked. Be careful about the company you keep. And I don't know about nobody else, but I don't want to be plotted against, but I want to be prepared. Uh, so if this is our desire, then we need to be men who are set apart. So I said, I want to be set apart. And I'm done, y'all. Now, here's the last portion of our text. The Bible says, and useful. It's a critical word, and useful. Working to prepare, be prepared. Men, me, requires men to be found working. Somebody say, if you don't work, you don't eat. And, and I'm not just talking about eating in the natural. I'm talking about eating in the spirit, in God's kingdom. I've got to be find my hands at work. So somebody might be saying, what do I mean? Prepared men are men who of, who do, of those that serve God. Somebody say, I got to serve God. Yeah, yeah, I need to be find, finding my hands doing the works of God. So if we hope to be prepared men, then we need to find our hands doing the work of the Lord. Oh, that's a critical question, y'all. Am I doing the work of the Lord? Ask yourself, am I doing the work of the Lord? This is why Paul admonishes Timothy to be found useful. And one great translation of the word useful in our foundational text. So that means God ain't looking for men that look good. He's looking in the church. He's looking for men that are leading. Somebody said, I need to be leading. Uh, he's not looking for good men that are waiting on something, but men that are working. Somebody say working. And he's not looking for men that sit down in the church. He needs men that are serving. And here's the reason why we, we don't have enough prepared men in God's house, because we've allowed the work of God to be regulated to women. Yeah. We would rather the women, and I'm not knocking women, fill the church and do the work of the church while the men, some might say, are missing. This, this is why we find churches 
packed with more women than we do men. Someone say, it's a trick of the enemy. We've got to be serviceable, serviceable. So if the Lord finds us doing anything as men, we want the Lord to find us doing his work. And somebody might be saying, why is this significant? Because not only does the work of God make me ready, in other words, prepared, but the work of God determines my reward. Someone say, I need, I, I want my reward. So I've got to be fine working. Can we go to the next slide? Watch what Matthew 16, 27 says. For the son of man will come in glory of his father with his angels, and then he will reward each according. Somebody say, to his words. So, so, so in other words, when God, when Jesus comes back, he's going to assess, was I doing the work of the Lord? I know you did a lot of work in your life. I know you done got the five-year plaque from your job, the 10-year plaque, the, the 20-year plaque, the 30-year plaque. But God ain't going to be worrying about that. He's going to be worrying, did you do the work of the Lord? So, so I want God to find me ready, but this work determines my reward. This means our ability to be ready also prepares you for your reward. So here's a critical question we got to ask ourselves. What work are we doing for the Lord? How are we serving the Lord? And here's the bigger question. Can anybody find me doing the work of the Lord? What, 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 work, what work am I doing? How am I serving the Lord? Can anyone find us serving the Lord? I'm going to put this person out in it. And just, I want to put it out because it's a good thing. I was sitting down with Rick and his wife for dinner and I talked to him about some promotion in the work of God. And he said, I've been waiting on it. We need men who could say that, 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 that I want, there's a work for God in my life and I've been waiting on it. And we got men that are waiting for somebody to tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. I, don't, I ain't equipped to do it. And God is looking for my hands to be put to work. It determines, someone say, my reward. Some man may be saying, I don't know where to serve. I'm not equipped to touch his work. But I will say that we've been all been given, someone say, gifts that benefit the body. So all I've got to do is ask God, what gift have you given me to benefit the body? Someone say, we all got gifts. This is, this is my prayer as a pastor, that nobody finds themselves just coming to church and leaving out the doors. There's something in you that God has given you, somebody say, to benefit the body. Nobody should be sitting down. I'll tell you, neighbor, nobody should be sitting down. Who? That's good news. So we have to ask God, what gift have I been given to benefit the body? And when he reveals that gift, someone say, get the word. Oh, and some of y'all gifts might just be encouraging. This is why you got mothers in the church that can encourage you and say, daughter, I've been through that and you can keep pressing on. Somebody said, it ain't about being in the pulpit. It ain't about praying, but God may have given me a gift. Watch this. I know I ain't trying to be no prosperity preacher, but to give. That, that I give, that I, that I support the, the work of the kingdom. Got to ask God, what is my gift? That's your neighbor, what is your gift? And I'm going to give you a Bible. Because somebody say, I ain't giving no gift. You don't know about me, Pastor Keith. I don't know nothing about no church. I don't know nothing about no church folk. I just love God and I want to sit down, get a word, and go pray. Somebody say, the devil is a lie. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men 
that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. In other words, I, I, I need us to understand something about this, the, the, that, that text. In other words, this means that our gifts, yeah. watch this, if we're not working, not only do we not miss our reward, but we, we negate God being revered. Did y'all catch what I just said? At, at, at the end of it, I want my life to revere God. God the Bible says, somebody's going to see you working and give God glory. So if I don't find myself working, somebody that needs to see the glory of God, that needs to glorify my Father, won't have the ability to do so. I didn't put this up there. I must have been too tired. Y'all sleeping. Somebody say, Pastor, was sleeping. If you're taking notes, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. Huh? Right, it's up there. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. But each one has his own gift from God. Somebody say, that's me. So anybody who say, I ain't got no gifts. I, I can't do nothing. Pastor Keith them got it. Pastor Keith, Pastor Cole, Minister Dominique, they got it. I, I'm just going to sit back because it looked like they got it all together. Somebody say, we ain't got it all together. Y'all just see, we ain't, we ain't have our keyboard today. Somebody, somebody might have a gift to play the keys. We ain't got it all together, y'all. This means we all have a gift from God. And God gives us those gifts for his work. Somebody say, find yourself working. Men, you know what? There, there are men who pride themselves in knowing that I get up every day and I work for my family. And that, that, that we work, that we make sure that our families are taken care of. We proud ourselves. Y'all will bake, break y'all backs to make so. You and, no, and no male wants another man to see them not working. We, we look at men who don't work like they crazy. Yeah, I can't believe you were able-bodied man. I'll be seeing able-bodied man asking for dollars. I say, you able-bodied. I say, you know what you need to do? There, there, there is day labor over there. You able-bodied. And we say that in the natural, but we don't say it in the spirit. We allow men, oh, you want to you sleep in today, baby? Go ahead and stay home. I'm going to take the kids to church. Who going to say the devil is alive? I got men in this church. I'd be wanting to go. I, I wish I had time. I'd drive by their house right now. You want me to come over there and watch the game with you, but you're behind too tired to come to church. And it's not me. I'm trying to make sure you get your reward. Oh, someone say, I want my reward. I'm done. Somebody say, Happy Father's Day. I'm done, y'all. I'm going to still tell you Happy Father's Day. There's something right now that I want to drive by. But I want to remind us on this Father's Day that, yes, God needs us to be prepared men. But hear this. So do our wives. So do our children. So do those who are connected to us. I know that there are some women that are counsel concerning their men, and all I need them to do is be prepared. We got kids, me and my wife were talking today, and I know I'm on lies. And I said, I don't understand. Why? Why well, I got to beg my dad to hit me up. I need him to be prepared. I don't want that to be the testimony of my children. So I'm doing everything I can to be prepared. It's not just God. My wife needs me to be prepared. 
She's not looking for me to be perfect, but she's looking for me to at least be prepared. I don't want anybody to receive a generic happy Father's Day from a child who does not meet. I'm just doing it because I want to honor you because the Lord, the word of the Lord tells me to honor my mother and my father. That the days that my days on the earth might be long. So I'm, I'm doing it not because you deserve it. I'm just trying to live long. I don't know about nobody else. I'm just trying to live long. <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to tell them happy Father's Day, though, y'all. Y'all don't tell nobody, don't tell nobody. And I believe one of the reasons that the enemy has watched this been effective in the pursuit of others because there have been men that have failed to be prepared. The reason why the enemy can overtake our children is because men are not prepared. The reason I, I know that I, y'all might say, Pastor Keith, you're going too deep. But when, when, when there can be gunmen that can walk into a church and shoot at the church because men are not prepared. Where are the watchmen at the gates? God is looking for prepared men and others are hurting because we are not prepared. Tell your neighbor, I, I need some prepared men in my life. The reason why women are being raped and children are being trafficked so much so when the enemy is gaining ground in the earth is because men are not prepared. God, help us to be prepared. Oh, I want my son. He's four years old, but I want him to be a prepared man. Yeah, this will require you watch this. And sure, I know we're going to get some gifts from some folk today. But the greater thing is that we give gifts as men to the women and the children in our lives. And that's going to require that we're prepared, that we disdain sin. Not saying that you won't fall into sin, but at least there should be some sins that fall off of me. Uh, I'm not saying I want to be set apart. I'm so grateful. You know, I, I'm, I'm in a season of my life where I tell my wife I can't even think for myself. I don't have the mental clarity sometimes to even think or prepare. But I'm so grateful that Pastor Cole in this season is just calling me saying, Pastor Keith, what you need? That, that, that I can't even think for myself. I'm, go, I'm going from one place to the next. Trying to find the kids, right? They eating pizza, y'all. They eating McDonald's. And Pastor Cole said, hey, I'm going to take them to Chuck E. Cheese. Then I got a minister, Dominique, in my life who can say, Pastor Keith, don't get the men coffee and donuts. I got an idea for their gifts. You need some men in your life that are somebody say set apart. Oh, I'm so thankful that I got some men that are set apart. I ain't saying that I'm not still dealing with those knuckleheads that still sin because I need them knuckleheads in my life so that I might be an influence on them. But I'm not so saying I ain't hanging with them. Yeah, I'm not hanging with them. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure enough not hanging with them. And watch this. I need to be a man of God's service. What are you doing for God? Are you sharing the gospel with somebody on your job? Are you looking for areas in the church where you might serve and be present? Just sitting down. Somebody say, oh, my gift. Your gift is intended so that somebody else might glorify God. I've got to get to work. But watch this. Here's the last portion of our text. The Bible says, for the master. In other words, prepared men are submitted men. And you can't be a prepared man until you understand that you are prepared 
and reserve for the master. God gets glory out of our lives when we're prepared. And because we are prepared, watch this, he'll never be able to use me until I know he, he knows that I will submit to him. In other words, you know, men, we got all this stuff on our agenda. I want to do this. I want to accomplish this. And we negate God being master. I don't seek God for any decision. I want to be the head of my house, but I don't seek the head of me. God said, I can't use you because you want to run your own life. You want to dictate your own path. And I can't get no glory out of that. Because ultimately, we when we don't allow God to be the master, is that we are the ones that have accomplished all these things in our lives. And ultimately, we go around and we men love to be at the barbershop telling other men what we done did and what we done accomplished and what our resume looked like. And we never give God, somebody say, the glory. He needs men that serve the most. I put that word may not feel good to a lot of us who are of African-American descent. But there's a master that loves us and loves us. So I say, well, and the Bible says that I know the plans that I have for you. And it says it's to prosper you and to give you an expected end. If I can allow the master to lead me, somebody say my soul will always prosper. Not only will my soul prosper, but in the natural, it'll pro prosper. Tell your neighbor, I need prepared men in my life. Let us stand to our feet. Hey, I'm encouraging these men who are here today. If you belong to this church, there's some men that are missing. You got numbers. We got to call them. This church will never be what God has called it to be unless we have prepared men. Well, I was talking to Minister Dominique. We we're trying to figure out a name for the men's ministry. And I said, man, I feel this in my spirit so deeply prepared. That God is looking for us to be perfect, but prepared. And God can do much in our lives, much in the natural, much in our personal lives, if we can just find ourselves prepared. Some, some women, they're saying, I got a man in my life here. He's not prepared. Get him on your heart. Matter of fact, I want every man to come to this altar. Come on, every man to come to this altar. I know it's Father's Day. And here's what I want us to do. As the men come, can the women just stand right behind? Come on. Come on, stand behind these men. Our lives, and I'm speaking to the women, are subject to these men being prepared. We can't allow any man in our life to not be prepared. So women begin to pray. Come on, begin to pray. Lay hands on these men and begin to pray. Cover and, 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 and intercede over their lives. Come on, somebody touch some man on this altar and begin to pray. Father, we bless you. We honor you. We glorify you, God. We thank you for these men. Come on, women. Pray like you need these men to be prepared. Father, we bless you and honor you. God, we can't afford for these men not to be prepared. Strengthen them, God. Give them a desire to love you, God, to learn of you, God, and to live for you, God. God, we need men that are prepared. God, our lives are subject to danger, God, if men are not taking their rightful places in the kingdom. So, God, I pray, God, for every man on this altar. 
I pray, God, that you strengthen their hearts, God, that you give them desires, God, of the things of you, God. Let them have a disdain for sin. God, let sin fall off of them. God, I pray, let them not what? And plan for their flesh. Not them, let them not try to please their flesh, God, but let them seek after you, God. God, strengthen these men, God, to resist the enemy, God, that he might flee. God, the enemy might seem stronger, but your word declares, God, if we resist him, he might flee. So God, we thank you, God, for these men, God, that will gird themselves up, God, that will put on the whole armor of God, that they might withstand the wiles of the enemy. And God, I thank you, God, now, God, let these men be set apart, God. Let none of these men be solo, God. Give them, God, money that they can share their souls with, God. Let them not deal with something on their own. But God, give them men that they might be connected to, that love you, God, that want to pursue you as well, God. God, these men need to be connected to godly men. Do that in their lives, God, we pray. And God, I pray, God, God, that they will be men of service. Let their hands not be idle. Let their hands not be idle, God. I know it's a cliche, God, but an idle mind is the devil's playground. Let their hands not be idle. Cause these men to be found working, God, and doing your work, God. And God, we pray now that these are submitted. They're submitted to the master. What you say, do God will do. Wait, say God will go. God will yield to you a whole lot so that you might be pleased with us, that we might receive our reward from you. Thank you, God, now that we are men who are not perfect, but men that are prepared. And it's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Somebody say, thank God. And amen. These women, give God a hand clap of praise for these prepared men. Amen. Amen. You may return to your seats. You may return to your seats. If you're a woman and you see a man passing, you tell him, I need you to be prepared. I need you to be prepared. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.